and welcome to Comics Collective. This is Sonny. And I'm Quinn. And today is, what is it, Sunday, March 28th. Today we're going to be talking about the comic books that we read this week. What Any suggestions that, we, that you, you know, we can give to you so you can go out and get some good comics. We will do that for you. Um, we'll talk about our TV shows that we watched this week or series that we watched. And we're going to be talking about the great Robert Kirkman's Invincible today. Mm-hmm. So where do you want to start off first, Quinn? You know, I want to start off with Invincible. I feel oh, like... Yeah. I feel like Invincible was so different from what I expected it to be. So Mm -hmm. I am not a, well, I can't say I'm I'm not an Invincible fan. I have not read most of Invincible. So going into this, I only have ever read the first trade, and that was like probably about five years ago now. Um, So I really didn't know what to expect when I was going into this. Um, Other than I, I definitely had from the commercials I had, uh, Spider-Man, the animated series kind of vibes with the art. Mm, everything's, okay. everything's kind of poppy and colorful, and uh, the promos that they were showing was like him and Omni-Man like having heart-to-heart, you know, father-son moments while playing baseball. Um, okay. So I was like, alright, I don't really know what to expect with this. But, uh, holy crap. So, okay, so the first three episodes dropped on Amazon on Friday, and I had the pleasure of, of watching all three of them back-to-back yesterday. And boy, it is so different from what I expected it to be. So it, oh. it definitely still has that animated series for Spider-Man vibes in the way that he is like a teenager fumbling around through general like high school uh, drama uh, while also trying to balance out these new powers that he's getting. But I was not seeing Omni-Man being the bad guy. <laughs> Oh yeah, because you you didn't you didn't read all the way up through it. No, where where the first trade leaves off, he starts to meet the group that we met in. Well, was that the second episode? I forget what their names are. The teen the team. Teen team. Oh, was that actually their names? The teen team. <laughs> yeah, teen team. <laughs> wow. Yep. Okay, that was a that was a shot in the dark. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I so I really like all of the characters. I really like the the little love triangle going on between um, uh, Adam, Eve, Invincible, and I cannot remember the the girl in his high school class. Um, uh, her, na- her name was... Uh, she was voiced by ZZ Bates. Yes. From Deadpool. Her name was... One second. <laughs> it's okay. But yeah, I, I really like the dynamics of everything. I also like how smart this world is. It could have just been a blanket, like a uh, superhero show with a lot of like blood and gore. But I th- Amber. Amber. Okay. But uh, yeah, so uh, I thought one of the really smart things that I really loved on that was that third episode was the alien mm. invasion that just kept coming every like day or two. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I thought that was really smart to like not just have a blanket boring alien invasion to show off his new powers. Uh, right. I thought it was really cool that they like were an alien species that couldn't adapt to Earth, and so they had to run back home to figure that out. Yeah, it uh, took them decades. <laughs> it took them decades to fix it. Yeah, I, I really thought that was really smart. How like their DNA basically uh, works a lot different. Time runs a lot faster in their universe. Right. I thought that was really, uh, really creative and really unique. 
Uh, and I really can't express enough how great this voice cast is. <laughs> oh my god! So, so the, the voice cast. We well, I watched it. I watched it three times. I watched it two times already. I watched it once at home, and then I watched it with a group of friends uh, last night, like at a bonfire and shit outside. And the whole time, like I, I know who I, you know, I've seen the voice cast already. I knew who they were, and just watching them watch the the voice cast and like picking the names out, like that fucking meme with Leonardo DiCaprio, he's like snapping his fingers and shit. Yeah. Like <laughs> they all like I'm watching everybody. Like that's that, that that's that's the that's J.K. Simmons. That's that's J.K. Simmons. Like oh, that's Walter Goggins. Justified. That's <laughs> like you know they just saying all that all the names and shit. I'm like, yep, that's him. That's him. Yep. Even one person was like, "That's Kevin Michael Richards." I said, "My man, you know who Kevin Michael Richards is." <laughs> so you, yeah, I know who he is. Yeah, you know who he is, man. So it was cool, and we said, you know, everybody knew Mark Hamill and shit. Everybody knew Seth Rogen, uh, Carrie Payton, Cyborg, Booyah. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was dope. The voice cast was like phenomenal. Like they went out, they went out, that they went a long way for this voice cast, and they were dope. Yeah, uh, it's got a lot of promise. I really hope that this keeps the same pace. Because uh, the, the first three episodes just felt like really great. I'm actually kind of sad that next week we're only going to get one new episode and then have to. Yeah. Bro, let me tell you. So, as um, I told somebody else about the show, and they were, you know, they're familiar with Invincible as well, like I am. And they were like, do they really, do they go there with, you know, what happens? How, how far do they go? I was like, yo, pretty much the first two maybe two three trades are in the first episode oh really it was that fast. yeah because okay they 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 sped it up to the whole point with you know the reveal of the character i don't want to ruin anything for people who ain't seen it yet right but the, the reveal came out and it was like oh shit like i didn't expect it's gonna be in the first episode I was like god damn all right right <laughs> and i love at the end they always have like sub uh they have end credits i love that that's so cool when you do it with a cartoon. Yeah, I almost, uh, I, th- I think I had to turn it off on the second episode. I was going to go upstairs to eat. And then, like, I saw the directed by and I was about to turn it off. And then another thing flicked right on after that. And I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, can we say how creative the title card thing is, too? Yeah, it's so it's, <laughs> what he says. It's jarring because <laughs> they always cut off whoever it is mid sentence and then it hits invincible. <laughs> It was like because they didn't know he was invincible at first, so he's like, "Yeah, you could also be invincible." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> showed a little blood squirt. It was like, "Oh shit, okay." <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm really digging this show. I'm I'm glad that I gave it a chance. Uh, we have a we have a, a mutual friend of ours that was like obsessed with Invincible when it was coming out, and we were in a gaming group, and he used to to play with us. Um. And so, you know, he's he's a big Superman fan, so Invincible was right up his alley, I'm sure. But I don't know how, yeah. how I was going to like it. But that's how this, this series makes me feel, is that it gives me the, 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 uh, the problems of Spider-Man mixed with the superheroics of Superman. And that's what I kind of like. And the hard take of the uh, Ultimate Universe, kind of. Yes. Well, the, the hard take of the Image Universe, because the Image Universe is, is a deadly place to live in. Yes. <laughs> you can be there for one moment and be gone for the next. There's no coming back. Yes. Unless you're from a different universe. Oh, speaking, speaking of Image Universe, this was not on our docket today, but I just really wanted to make a mention real quick. 
Uh, mm-hmm. So I started watching the Spawn animated series recently, and I just found out that apparently Todd McFarlane, after so many issues of Spawn, is apparently uh, doing a Spawn universe now. Uh, right, which is which is pretty cool an image. So I, I just wanted to throw that out there. I thought that was pretty cool. I, there's and there's no chance in hell that I'm going to be able to catch up with Spawn uh, in order to jump onto that series. But I thought it was just really neat that he finally built that world so far and has now decided that now is the time that he's going to break out into other books within that Spawn universe. I think that's really cool. But Spawn is Spawn is always. Um... Like Spawn showed up in Wildcats, it was still that was still um, canon. He showed up in uh, Savage Dragon a couple times to help out Savage Dragon. Yeah, but I don't mean like a crossover with other superheroes. I mean like I guess characters of that particular book are now getting their own series, or different organizations are going to have their own series. So it's I, I assume it's going to be like a super mini version of like a DC or Marvel landscape where you know you're gonna have like your spider-man book and then you're gonna have your shield book and then you're gonna have your i don't know hulk book and your right 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 right. so i think yeah that was yeah it's just funny that now he's saying that but it was it was already there anyway because sam and twitch had a bunch of comic books growing up when i was growing up yeah um then you had the you know angela had her own comic book Mm -hmm. uh uh, medie- medieval spawn had his own comic book and they all spun out of his book yeah but now he's just like making it official that oh go to have a spawn universe like you already did my, uh guy you already did but okay i guess he's doubling <laughs> down on it and really trying to make it work this time instead of like a couple of mini series and then like folding it back into spawn yeah well i guess spawn was still out yeah but- but uh but anyway um gosh where do we go to next there's been so much stuff that we have not talked about on here uh let's uh, uh, let's talk about those first two episodes of uh falcon winter soldier oh jesus christ uh first episode for me was was you know it was good i liked it i was like oh this is dope wish it was more then that second episode came and just punched me in the face. It was like, all right, we're going to, y'all want action? We're going to give you action. Mm-hmm. It was just like seeing, seeing the flag smashers do what they had to do. Um, so pretty much the story picks up up after. Civil War. Uh, Civil, no, not Civil well, I mean, War. I'm sorry, not uh, Civil War, Endgame. Endgame. And Sam still has a shield. And so, but he decides that he doesn't want the shield. He's not worthy of it, which is understandable too, because he's, you know, he had that, the, he had that issue when Cap gave it to him. Um, so he gave it to the Smithsonian. I mean, yeah, so it can go into the museum where all his other stuff is. Cap's original suit that we saw in Civil War, where he picked it up and used it from there, um, and his old motorcycle. All that shit. He, he assumed it was going to stay there. And Bucky's dealing with his own. Uh, I don't want to say PTSD. He's just doing with his own. No, he's, 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 he's trying to rectify his past. Yeah, he's uh, re- yeah, he's re- re- reflecting on his on his his past misdeeds as the Winter Soldier, and he's like um, helping people his own way and checking on people and trying to right the wrongs that he did. And now he's dealing with this particular old man. I knew something was wrong about it. But uh, he's dealing with this particular old man. And apparently, one of his, one of his old one of his times when he was as the Winter Soldier, he killed his son. So now he's like checking on the old man like all the time, From, trying to trying. To, I guess I guess it's like a surrogate son to him. Yeah, I, I need to rewatch the first episode again. But I think that the very beginning of that film, 
the guy the 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 guy who was like pulling on the door who was like literally just wrong place wrong time i think that was supposed to be his son yeah that was his son that was his son okay, all right yeah that was his son because he had a picture of him right her father had a picture of him and he looked at the i mean he already I mean, bucky already knew that who he was that's why you know the whole point of him coming there yeah um but that was cool um i like the guy's partner. I can't remember that dude's name. It would have been nice if he was Wyatt Wingfoot. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> what are you talking about? The Falcons, uh, his buddy in the Air Force. Would have. Oh, yeah. He's he's so like, uh, you know who he reminds me of? He reminds me of, um, oh, gosh, what was his name? Uh, he was Hal Jordan's best friend in the Air Force. Oh, cowboy! No, cowboy yeah, was the girl. Cowboy was the girl. But I know Cow- yeah, cowgirl is the girl. Uh, I cannot think of his name, but he was just always over enthusiastic and almost like a cheerleader to Hal Jordan, and that's kind of the vibes I got with Falcon. <laughs> yeah, this this guy was on. Like he looked so familiar to me, but then I remember where he was from. He was on um, Warrior Nun. He was like the the main character's love interest. I still in that want to show. see that show. <laughs> That's that's a conversation for another day. Yeah. But <laughs> I, it, I think it, as, it it just sounds ridiculous. That's really why I want to watch it. <laughs> oh, it's, it's super ridiculous. But because growing up, I used to read Warrior and uh, Ariella. But now it's like when I saw that, I was like, oh, this is nothing like that show. Oh, okay. That that book. Yeah. So but, uh, um, so yeah, yeah. I really like the show. Um, I really like that we brought back uh, Batrock as an opening salvo yes. to the show. I thought that was a really good way to kick off the show. Uh, my yeah. biggest problems with the first episode was just after that sequence happened, after you got that high-octane adrenaline, I felt like the the show kind of slowed down for the remainder of the episode, but then it picked right back up with that second episode, dealing with who takes up that new shield, which is John Walker. <laughs> and um, Yeah, yeah he's, he's really interesting. Uh, I, I was having a full-blown argument with uh, a co-worker of ours who, uh, as I was watching it, she was like, I need you to like give me minute-to-minute updates while you're watching the second episode. And so we were having a debate as to how we both felt about U.S. Agent. And so for her, she feels like, you know, well, at least this guy has a little bit of the... Um, of the understanding of what Captain America is, where if it wasn't him, the, the U.S. government would have maybe passed it off to somebody who didn't care. Uh, but at the same time, I, to me, U.S. agent, which was my argument, U.S. agent feels uh, too much of a... Um, like a fan, but also like way arrogant about it. And even and, oh, and that, all the times yeah, when he's yeah. having conversations with you know uh falcon and the winter soldier he was not too kind about it i mean he would he would kind of act like that he was and then he would drag things up that i forget what he said but it even caused winter soldier to like scream like stop the car and like it's just those subtle digs like he knew what he was saying he knew what he was doing um Mm -hmm. so he's got this like arrogance about him uh, well, that's a, that's how that's how John was though. Yeah. John was he was a he was a cocky son of a bitch, yeah. and I, I get angry when I see a lot of people online, especially people I know that you know that are into comic books, and they complain about how John Walker's like. Well, he's not like him in the comic book, and I'm glad that you you picked up on that that arrogance behind it. Yeah, yeah, 
You know what I'm saying? I'm glad, I'm glad you picked up but, on it. But at the same time, that's, we, that's, get, that's, we get moments where, like, you can tell that he cares. He wants, he wants this. Oh, yeah. You know? John cares, that, too. Uh, yeah, John cares. He cares about this country. Yeah, like, that, that locker room scene, like, right at the beginning of the second episode with him and his buddy, um, you know, talking about, like, you know, like, saying they're trying to act like Captain America in a mirror, trying to, trying to prepare his speech for when he goes out on the field. Uh, right. quickly realizing that that's just not who he is, and that you know, right. at the end of the day, you can be a hero, but you, but but you know, John in particular is not a, uh, uh, for lack of a be- better term, like a thesbian, you know. Yeah, he's he's a he's a he's a soldier. Yeah. At yeah. The end he's of the... a soldier. He's uh, not one for making speeches. I like that they had uh, Lamar in it too. Uh, they had uh, Battlestar yes. in it because that's his best oh, friend. That's what it was. And that was what Bucky got ticked off about. He he said his code name. And he said it was Battlestar, and that's why Bucky got upset. Right. Which I'm wondering what that's Cause, all about, but because <laughs> because because they think it's all a game and it's not a game. Right. Right. With the code names, all that other shit. He's like, yeah, it's not this. You know, it's not a game. Right. But um, the only thing about Lamar I didn't like, I was like, damn, why didn't he give him a shield? Yeah. <laughs> I was good. Wish they had given him a shield, but you know, it's what I was. Me of, like, uh, at, at that time that he was Bucky in the Captain America series. Like I said, I said that issue cover to uh to that friend that I was having the the conversation with, and you know, she was like, oh, okay, that's what he's supposed to be. Well, he's supposed to be that, but they changed it because in the book they had a, a, a particular conversation with uh, with other African Americans. They was like, "Yeah, you know, Bucky is a racist term, right?" Right. And that's when he changed it, and that's when he went by Battlestar. Right. But I, mean, I was glad they they didn't go through all that shit. But because um, I mean, it was true. I liked that the, the writer back then even put it in the book. Like, only reason why I like I don't really say anything about. Um, uh, when a soldier being called Bucky because that's his name, you know what yeah, I mean? Yes and no. I thought I thought one of those times when when a U.S. agent kept calling him Bucky, I thought I thought he was going to punch him honestly because Bucky to me is no, a, a, is, a, is a nickname that his friends call him, and right, that's why right. we get that distinction with his therapist that she calls him James. So the fact that U.S. agent just kept emphasizing. Bucky all the time when he was addressing him. I thought he was going to punch him, honestly. Yeah, but that's that's, that's different to what I was saying, but I was talking about the connotation of it being like uh, a rude thing to say African-Americans, but he said the same, but James said the same thing to Falcon. My friends called me Bucky. We're not friends. Right. Know me well enough to call me back. Yeah, it's it's very interesting the way that they're doing this dynamic, and I wonder if they're going to end up I don't want to say friends, but better acquaintances by the end of this. What's oh, they got damn going to be best. They're going to be friends at the end of this because they got they have the one thing in common. They both had Steve, and Steve picked both of them up. Right, it's, you know what I mean. So then they're going to they're going to be they're going to be thick as Steve's at the end of yeah, this. I'm going to be kind of sad when next week's episode rolls around because that's our halfway mark already. How many episodes are supposed to be? Six? I thought it was like ten. No, no, not even uh not even WandaVision was ten. WandaVision was only nine episodes, and they said that this one was going to be longer in length but shorter in episodes. And that's why this one is an hour where WandaVision was a half an hour. Oh, okay. It, it, those that hour goes fast, fast. And it's only because we're enjoying it. 
Um, but yeah, I really like the show. I just want them to, and oh my god, it brought a tear to my fucking eye when they brought out Isaiah. Yeah, I was like, oh, Ooh. when he when he oh. yelled at them to get out, I could I could feel that pain. <laughs> He's like, because you know that's the and the government does that type of shit. We've seen this story. We've seen the stories before. Yeah. With uh, we got a character in a comic book called. Um, uh, what is his name? Oh, the uh, he's like he was with the Ultimates. Him and Black Panther were together. Oh, uh, I don't know. Uh, oh God, he's a black guy. Jesus Christ, Cape. Uh I can't remember his fucking name. Blue, Marvel? blue, uh, blue Marvel, blue Marvel. The Ultimates, and I was thinking Ultimate Comics, and I was like, okay. Nah. Well, I said with Black Panther, right. so I, I thought you yeah. knew. <laughs> but um. Yeah, so Blue Marvel kind of went through that whole thing where he had a mask on and he was helping the government for years. And then when they found out that he was he was he was a black guy, uh, Delano Roosevelt was like, we can't have you up there. You need to retire now. Mm. And it was just like I feel like that whole scene. I felt that because but the only thing different, they didn't lock him up because they couldn't lock Blue Marvel up, but they could lock uh, Isaiah. Isaiah up. Cause I'm sure he had family and shit and they were like, look, if you don't do this, we're going to get you. And they locked him up for 30 years, 30 years. Yeah. Yo. That's a long time, Crazy. you know? And they came and they, and that's how and I'm assuming Isaiah is going to be the key from the uh, power broker. That's another character they, they name dropped in the mm-hmm. episode, episode two. And I, cause he said they kept uh, poking and prodding him. So I'm pretty sure they got his blood and took the soldier serum out of it from him. And gave it to them, and, and that's how they got the the power broker. Got give it's giving people powers and shit. Yeah, because you know James, James, James uh, not James, um, John and Lamar are going to get a hold of that shit. The government going to give it to them somehow. Because I got a feeling it's going to be just like the comic book, they patsies. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm going to be curious to see whether it's going to be something that they want or if they're going to be yelling at them to get on the damn table. Because <laughs> you know, you know what I mean, like. Is the government's like, all right, we're gonna hit you with the super soldier serum, and you know he's he just gotta say yes, sir. <laughs> oh, I, if John going if John can be a, a better John and Lamar, they they just they career soldiers, yeah. and if it's something where it's though that'll give them the edge in battle, they're gonna take that shit. They're gonna take it, but I think Lamar's gonna be the one to be like, just like in a comic book, he's gonna be like, yeah, I think you know they're going too far, yeah, and blah blah blah. I see. I wish. And the other thing, just to backtrack on the episode when they were showing John throwing the shield and mm-hmm. shit, I wish we got the fucking Black Widow movie and would have had like Taskmaster training him with the shield, like in a comic book and shit. I'm like, oh, missed opportunity. Mm-hmm. That would have been a callback to the movie, but we still don't have well, the movie yet. To probably like what training him, John Walker. Well, that wouldn't happen. I'm assuming that Taskmaster is probably long dead, considering that the Black Widow movie is taking place in the past, right? It didn't take that much in the past. He could still be in jail. We don't know if he's dead. Yeah, but I'm yeah, but I'm that, saying that like I'm just saying that like uh, Taskmaster wouldn't be around post Endgame. Right, he came back with the blip. If there's something happened that Possibly. way, Possibly. I don't know. This, this is the biggest problem. We can't even see Black Widow until what? What is it now? July. Right. Yeah. So that's why I only want to say he's dead because we haven't seen the I movie. Mean, so I, I still but, don't believe it's a he. To be honest with you. <laughs> yes, he's a guy. He's a. Guy. Um, but yeah, they'd have been cool if they'd have had him in there. But I, that's probably why they didn't do it because 
all the other shit that came out with the mm. movie. But a nice callback ahead of him training him with the shield. Like, how are you going to learn how to throw a shield like that with no super soldier serum? Like, it, it was weird. That, that that was the only scene I was like, eh. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, your reflexes aren't that good to be like, you know what I'm saying? Throwing the shield. Like, even we saw we saw in one of the pitches where uh, Sam throws the shield and it doesn't ricochet back. It just stays in the, yeah, in the, the damn shit. <laughs> like, you got to throw it a certain way. So, you know what I mean? Because just reflexes. And when he just threw it, he threw it hard and just went into the right. wall. And that was it. But, you know, other than that, the show is good. It got my attention. Uh, it has some drama right now online about John Walker, people not liking him and all that other shit. But like but, I said, know, I don't it, think it, he's it, meant it, to be liked. So I guess they're doing their job. Yeah. Because, <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, USA to John Walker was always an asshole. He was always was. You know, I mean, he had a a, a a turbulent past in his. I mean, if I would recommend finding those books with his, his first appearance, because they're like awesome reads. But he had a bad past, so I understand why he's angry all the damn time. Right. Uh, but other than that, the series is good. Definitely check it out Friday when it comes on again. That and Invincible. But we're going to move on to our books that we read this week. Yep. So uh, I guess I guess we can both talk about this one. Uh, so Marvel has been recently stepping into different properties uh, with the Fox merger. They were able to get a lot of their different properties uh, to fold into the Marvel name instead of Dark Horse. And so we have seen uh, Warhammer come back. Uh, Star Wars has made a uh, big resurgence in the last couple of years when they got that property. So now we are getting Alien, which is going to be getting a big push in the next couple of years. Uh, so Marvel has Alien number one that came out this week, and then we're also expecting to see mm-hmm. a TV show soon. Um, so yeah, you were telling me about the yeah. TV show. So, uh, so for those that haven't read it, uh, Alien number one follows a different character other than Ripley. It follows Gabriel Cruz, who uh, works for Wayland Utani, uh, and he is yeah. in his retirement. Uh, he's he's coming back to Earth, and he's looking forward to seeing his son. Um, but he has been very, very haunted by the things that uh, he's encountered, uh, namely xenomorphs while he was in space. With his, with his other son. With his other son that passed away. Mm. Yeah, because I think he got uh, implanted. Yes. Um, so this series is very different from what I was expecting it to be, uh, cause the last couple alien brands, so I was reading a lot of the Dark Horse alien books a couple of years ago, and they put a hard mm-hmm. emphasis on the colonial marine, uh, side of things of Wayland yutani And so right. I, you know, that does make for a lot of high octane action, but also the thing mm-hmm. that I think Dark Horse did that I didn't like was that they made the Xenomorphs, uh, for lack of a better term, I guess, like, too available. Like, they were always in the book all the time. And so the Xenomorph didn't feel special, you know? When, when, mm-hmm. a, when a bunch of armed soldiers are just taken out, like, you know, five of them at a time... Uh, they didn't feel so special, and that's why they had to even do weird crossovers with... Uh, there's a Prometheus mixed with a Predator book that they did a couple years ago. And the only way to really make the aliens like crazier was to, to bond them with the Predators. And, I don't know, it's just... 
I don't know. So well, alien, that, well, aliens. Are, let's go ahead. I was I would say aliens. Uh, the xenomorphs are essentially drones. They not like like they can get killed by small weapons fire. Yeah, you know what I mean. They're not like they're invincible, so I can understand if you got a platoon of seasoned trained soldiers going in and you know doing that thing to them. I can understand. I can see them being like taken out. <laughs> the only we have would be with the variations. Yeah, the variations, the different uh, xenomorphs. That's the they the ones that are the fucking see, problems. And my thing is that it's not about how strong the the aliens are for me. It's that the whole thing with the alien franchise was not about how strong the alien was it was it was the atmosphere that it was providing i mean the reason why the first and well mostly the first movie got as much attention as it did is because it was creepy it was atmospheric i mean you really didn't actually see the alien all that much but when you can't do that with comics it's terrifying and they are kind of doing it with this one they're not like throwing the aliens wholeheartedly at your face and they aren't the only focus um, right. I mean, mm-hmm. I could be wrong later down the road, and, and we're going to go balls to the wall with it. But at least this issue builds up a character for you to root for. You know, right, right. Because fuck his fuck his other son. Oh but, yeah, um, <laughs> I'm actually really intrigued as to what's going to happen with his other son too, because it sounds like he's about to go get himself into some shit. But we just don't know what yet. Uh, he's fucking. I, I got a feeling he's going to be fucking dead. Or, or, or just like he's gonna have the same fate as well. He's gonna hide till his dad comes because you know they're gonna call his father to come. Yeah, that that's supposed come to be out of return. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I was, I was, I love the arc Salvador Larocco. Oh my god, yeah. I love him so fucking. Yeah. Oh, I wish he was just like draw X Men, draw Shang Chi, and just like all high, like just fight. Like his fights in his books when he draws stuff. Well, is so uh, cool. your guy like, is wanna... actually doing Shang-Chi, not Shang-Chi. He's doing Iron Fist right now. Um, Larry Hama. I'm surprised you aren't reading that book. Yeah, the, 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 he's he's so writing, writing it. Yeah. 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 Wow. His drawing, his drawing is not all that for me. I like his writing uh, more. Okay. Uh, but yeah, but yeah, but, um, Alien was a solid stop, read. The dark. Yeah, the art's, the art's good, and I can't wait to see where it goes. Uh, I know you are a uh, you are averse to this. I rather I want I, I want my Wolverine versus the uh, aliens. Uh, I want my Wolverine versus the Predators <laughs> because I always wanted that when I was a kid. Because I was like, oh my god, why hasn't this happened yet? And I remember reading Batman versus Predator, and it was like, this is the best book I've ever read in my life. I think out of all the st- Batman stories, it's like you know take place in like alternate timelines or alternate stories the first batman versus predator is like the best yeah. one because batman didn't have time to prep or whatever like, you know you know batman's prep time thing he didn't have time to do all that shit he got his yeah. ass whipped. but i mean i'll let you know exactly you know why I, mean? I don't want to see that and I, and I understand that you want to see it for the fights but i've seen exactly what dc has done with that and it hasn't really popped <laughs> I mean, they've had Justice League versus Ruby, which is like an anime thing. They've had the Justice League versus Black Hammer, which like those universes like didn't didn't clash very well. I think that the Batman Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles worked really well, but that's because they're very similar in the way that both those books kind of operate. 
Um, right. Those are definitely one off. That's, though. If, that's what I'm saying. If we are like, do that, then let's keep it a total one off. Like, I don't want it in the Aliens book. I don't want it in the Wolverine book. I want it to be a limited series that has nothing to do with those two books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I don't want it to be. I don't, yeah, it's that's the that's the only way you know that would make sense. I don't think yeah. they should have because that's when all you have the brood. So yeah. they don't need that. But they just have a one off book and just have the current continuity of characters in yeah. that story. And, you know, it, it would be fucking awesome now with Kokoa. Like, imagine some X-Men being uh, impre- uh, impregnated by the, the eggs and having like a Cyclops brood, a Psylocke brood. And then, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Then they have to kill them. And then they gotta, they come back on Krakoa. It makes sense yeah. to do it now at this but point. I, I also want to um, talk about, um, before we move on, the implications of this um, are really cool. So I think that the smart thing that I think Marvel is doing either intentionally or unintentionally is that they are bringing new markets into their books. So Marvel has always been synonymous with superhero books with a couple of other offerings. But I think now we're really going right. to get a mix kind of like how every book at image is like so- something for somebody Marvel and DC, yeah. I think are both kind of branching out a little bit more now um, you know, because now you know predators coming down the line for Marvel. Uh, they have they have yeah, Alien, they have this the Space Marines books for Warhammer, and they have Star Wars. Uh, and all those yeah. books kind of give different flavors. They're all kind of still in that sci-fi range that I would put kind of like uh, superhero books in. Um, but right. they're different flavors, you know? It's like, oh, if you don't give a shit about Wolverine, if you don't give a shit about Captain America or the Avengers, at least you have this horror book over here with Alien, or you have, you know, the Space Marines, if that's your thing, or uh, are you just a Star Wars fan? You have that to choose from, and there's, like, tons of books for that. Yeah, you could just get those books. Um, yeah. I mean, that's that's good for when, when, other, when comic book companies do that for... Different, uh, how do you say in different yeah, uh, niches? Mean, the, bu- the, the, yeah, the bubble is eventually going to burst. I mean, we can't say that the superhero ride will last forever because we've seen this in the past. Uh, when comic books really started to boom, it was people were coming back from World War II, all they wanted to see was war books and romance, and that was the thing that was selling. And so now we have this yeah. big superhero bubble. But I think eventually that will pop and people are going to be looking for comic books of other things. And like the superhero books will still be there, but I don't think that they're always going to be the, the top, top seller. Well, I think the, the, the time that we live in now is more diverse, so more different, so different stories can yes. be told in different ways. I think the superhero thing will still be around, but I think it's room for everybody now at this point to. You know, to is it, the marketplace is everybody can get into the marketplace yeah. now. You can have books about uh, African African American uh, stories, mm-hmm. heroes. You can have you can have a marketplace like you said, just love. You can have a marketplace with just like kooky, cartoony characters, and they still mm-hmm. sell well. You know, like just the other week, I bought like I bought that. Um, the the Nubia book and that's an awesome book. Like I always tweet the the uh, like every time I read it, I tweet the artist about it, the artist and the writer, and they like they message me back. Thank you for liking our book. Thank you for promoting our book. Like the book is really good. Um, I need to buy like three more copies for it just to have three more copies and shit because that's how good mm-hmm. the book is. 
Um, it, it tells a, a very good story about Nubia and a different type of story. But that's a really good book. But yeah, it's so everything, you know, those books can do, you know, the different marketplaces for the different characters and stuff. I agree with that part of it, what you were saying. But let's go to Amazing Spider-Man. You can leave that one because I'm behind. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so the thing that I'm really liking about this Spider-Man series that Nick Spencer's been doing um, is that they always put an emphasis on character than they do the action. The action's absolutely there. <laughs> but if we have, like, you know, issues that are just focusing on character, it's still compelling. Mm-hmm. And so last issue in 61, we got our reveal of the new Spider-Man suit. And we learned that that was um, a, uh, a suit that was created by, uh, what, what is the name of Jay Jonas's, Jay Jonah Jameson's new podcast? It's the something menace. I can't remember what it is. Um, but anyway, they created the suit for Spider-Man. So basically anybody can do a pay-per-view to pretty much view in on Spider-Man's whereabouts and what he's doing when he's in costume. That's some crazy, crazy shit. So he's in a <laughs> partnership with J. Jonah Jameson. Um, right. So that was our big action. Uh, this issue focuses mm-hmm. more, well, a little bit on action and then a little bit on story. Um, and so okay. this one le- uh, follows up with, in the last issue, uh, Kingpin puts out a hit on... Um, on a boomerang who has been kind of spider-man's uh uh i i I would hate to use sidekick kind of of, yeah um yeah i'd say kind of sidekick partner they have a they have a rocky kind of relationship because boomerang still has no problem uh doing some criminal behavior type things i won't call him a villain anymore uh but he's definitely got some great lines uh but anyway um so Bullseye tries to take a shot to kill Gog, who is uh, Peter Parker and uh, and uh, Boomerang's pet, as we've seen. And he uh, he gets distracted because Spider-Man swings in and shoots off the collar that Gog was wearing, turning him back into the giant monster rampaging through Central Park. <laughs> uh, mm. Which is really cool. So it shows like Spider-Man and Boomerang working together. Uh, to get Gog back under control and basically is able to um, to make sure that he is safe. And so Kingpin now has learned that, you know, that now Fred has, you know, Fred or Boomerang has things that he loves in his life and is trying to find any way mm-hmm. to extort that. So he knows that he's, wor- he, that he's living with Peter Parker and he knows that he's living with, um, oh gosh, uh, what is his name? Robbie. Yeah, uh, the Robinson son. And so now he's going to go mm-hmm. after pretty much everyone that he loves. And I think it's so interesting. <laughs> and then on the other side of that, uh, someone who is trying to trying to kill uh, to kill Boomerang is Tombstone. And Tombstone, the whole the whole big prize to this for killing him is more territory in an even split New York between all the crime bosses. And so essentially, you gain more territory one way or the other. Um, over the others, mm-hmm. if you if you do this thing for Kingpin, who is you know the mayor of New York City, Kingpin is like doing a bunch of shit that I'm like, I thought he was trying no. to get out of the life, but then he's like every time they, like every time he gets out, he's like he gets yeah. back pulled back in. That's what I always yeah. thought of when I read his book when it 
was in because now you said you're telling me that he has a hit on boomerang but now he, he also has a hit on yeah. both daredevils and mm-hmm. the daredevil <laughs> It's so like, uh, so the other half of this issue is uh, Robbie Robinson. Robertson and his son are having dinner, and uh, Robbie is ex- or, uh, sorry. Robbie's son is explaining uh, that he's been having relationship troubles, and his girlfriend has been like slashing his tires and like doing crazy shit. And his father is unaware that this is. This is uh, the beetle, the female beetle that he has been in love with for all this time. And so he's giving him advice, like, tell, you know, well, son, like, you know, some girls just really love passionately and like maybe she's worth it to try to to work things out with her. And so, you know, he goes like, all right, well, that's cool, dad. Like, I'll, you know, I'll do that and I'll, I'll go talk to her. And so the issue ends with uh, Tombstone is in the car. He's gotten the information that Robbie Robertson, who he's always hated, ha- is living with mm-hmm. Boomerang. And so he gets to basically do two birds, one stone and try to kill him to try to try to get to it. And he so he gets intel that he's that he's meeting up with his girlfriend. And so when he gets right. to the rooftop, he realizes his girlfriend is the female beetle who's also his daughter. <laughs> so mm. the two so the two, so the two people <laughs> that hate that hate each other the most, Tombstone and Robbie Robertson, both of their kids are dating each other. <laughs> so the oh, next man. issue is going to be focusing on this crazy dynamic between these two rivals and their kids are now dating. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is why I really love Spider-Man because yeah. we can have emphasis on other things besides Peter Parker because he really wasn't right. the focus on this issue at all. Okay, so so essentially he got is a is another cast in the book that yeah, you can I mean, focus like, on. It, it, it kind of reminds me of a sitcom. It's like you have that main character and then his two friends that he lives with. And the story can mm-hmm. ebb and flow between the three of them and this issue happened to take place for more of his two roommates. What happened to um um what's going on with Mary Jane? <laughs> so it's funny that you say that. So in this issue, actually, uh Mary Jane is actually watching Gogs for them to keep him safe while they're <laughs> while they're uh they're out trying to deal with this. But right now they're trying to keep her at arm's length um to before she, mm-hmm. you know, tries to get too involved with Peter because now they have all this stuff going on. Um, cause the whole, the whole big story with Kingpin is that, uh, since the very, very beginning, since the free comic book day issue before issue one even came out, Kingpin's whole plan is, we don't know why, but he wants the tablet of destiny and the tablet of time, but the tablet of time, okay. I think was the one that was smashed into pieces and he had one piece and boomerang yes. stole the other from him, which started this rivalry back in the first issue of amazing Spider-Man. So, right. Is when he does when it's working for him because yes. he stole from him. So right. The gotcha. Thing is that. that Peter's kind of being dragged into this because Fred's trying to turn over a turn over a new leaf, but that was only after he screwed over all of the Sinister Six that he was with. So all of them hate him. And then he also stole from <laughs> the mayor of New York City, which is also like the kingpin of New York City. And so he has just made way too many enemies while also trying to turn over a new leaf. And so that's now dragged Spider-Man into it. <laughs> yeah, definitely dragged Spider-Man. Um, 
but it, it, but it's pretty cool because um i thought that there was a really funny line where uh where you know he finally gog was saved and they were able to hand him over to mary jane and uh and boomerang lo- looks over at spider-man and goes like like man like being a being a, a hero is so hard like there's always people out out there that are trying to hurt the ones that you love but you wouldn't get that would you right <laughs> And like, Spider-Man just like looks at Jeez. him like I am about to hit you. <laughs> like yeah, right. of course I do. Like, <laughs> what are you talking about? Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, this this series has been just so good with the um, with the the ongoing stories that they have. I think this is one of the longer running series that I have actually read from Marvel in a long time. I mean the fact that it's you know right. twice you know twice monthly, uh, and it has uh, so many good issues. I never felt like I was kind of falling off of it. Uh, Nick Spencer, you can mm. tell, still has a serious enthusiasm to write Spider-Man. I think that's awesome. Yeah, that's always good when a writer likes to write. Uh, you know what I mean? Writing a, writing a, predic- uh, a, a, a um, yeah. particular character. Because that makes it fun for everyone else while I'll be watching it or reading it, rather. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I really wouldn't mind to see this dynamic continue to grow and bloom between the two of them. Because I feel like uh, Boomerang definitely has the potential to uh, to be a, a hero. I mean, I'm not going to say a great hero, but I think he'll be, he has the potential to be a hero with Spider-Man's guidance. He's just got to give up some of those ways, like... For him, um, you know, a minor theft is no big deal, and Spider-Man's like, you know, you just can't just take what you want. Like, it might be like, it might right. be like a carton of milk, but like, you got to pay for that, man. <laughs> right, you can't just take stuff. <laughs> good, good rule to live by. Uh, uh, so we're gonna, uh, but uh, no, we can, we can, we can call it done there for that part. Um, so let's talk about. Let's talk about Superman because you've seen those Superman and Lois, or Lois Superman and Superman. Lois. Yep. <laughs> um, I thought it was Lois Superman. Superman. Gotta always have Superman first. Come on now. <laughs> Superman and Lois, and then the other older show was Lois and Clark. <laughs> I think you're mixing the two. Anyway, uh, so yeah, I Superman, it was the other way around. Uh, All right. I feel like we talked about the show when it first aired, but this show has been continually good. I still really love the dynamics mm-hmm. uh, between all of the family. Um, I love that CW, I feel like, finally found their balance between the, the, the family dynamic and also the superheroics. Um, so, so where we're at in the show now is that mm-hmm. we have found out in, I think, after the second episode that... Uh, that Superman's uh, one son, who we thought had powers, uh, seems to only really have, I guess, a portion of it. Um, yeah, I don't think his his body is is yeah. not um, so yeah, taking in the sunlight like Clark did. But you know, change. I always forget his name, but he's such a good character. No, no, Jonathan's the one with. Him. I think his name is John. John, just not Jonathan. 
Yeah, but anyway, he's he's been Kyle's using this to his, his advantage. Cool, I'll, I'll get he's it. been so, bullied by a lot of the football team because he kissed the, I think it's the quarterback's uh, girlfriend, who is a friend of his. And so, or a lineman, okay. Um, and so, so now, oh, he, was a lineman. You know, so now he uh, decides that yeah. he's going mm-hmm. to use these newfound powers and uh, join the football team to prove a point to those that have been trying to bully him in school. And Jordan, thank you. Jordan and Jonathan. Mm-hmm. Jordan Kent. Got this. Because Jordan's bull is so named yeah, after so Jorel. Jonathan, I'm sorry, Jordan, uh, is uh, is trying to use his, uh, at least a portion of his, his augmented strength in order to basically tackle down and prove his point to these people that are way bigger than him. They even call him short stack. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but in the process, uh, kind of takes some lessons from his father. And finally, when he does uh, tackle and prove his point to the one guy who he needed to that that had the biggest problem with him, you know, he outstretched his hand and said, you know, like, I'm, you know, I'm sorry for kissing your girlfriend. Like, I didn't know any better. Can we can we let this lie? And he and he ends up uh, creating a friendship between a lot of the football players because of his now ability. Um, and so that's kind of, le- kind of leaving Jonathan, uh, with a kind of a sour taste in his mouth because, you know, sports was his thing. And now his brother is taking all the glory for this strength that he doesn't even quite know how to control, to be honest with you. Um, so, so on the, on the other side of that, that right. uh, Superman has been, uh, trying to track down, um, uh, various different uh, criminals, uh, and he keeps coming across people uh, with similar powers to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he come across he comes across a woman with um, with heat vision. Uh, him and Lois end up getting into uh, big trouble with a uh, with another superhuman that has super strengths that almost kills a woman for trying to ask too many questions into the Morgan Edge investigation that Lois Lane's been into. Um, so it seems like someone, well, someone being Morgan Edge and his associates, are giving people some kind of augmented pseudo-Superman powers. Um, so these last two episodes have kind of left Lex Luthor on the back burner, um, other than him trying to befriend Lois, and we learn that in his universe he's married to Lois. And so it kind of burns him up to see that Lois is with somebody else. Um, but all in all, uh, the episode, which I think right. was the final one, left on a crazy cliffhanger. Can you can you uh, go? In, can you talk more about the oh, yes. the, the, so the Lex Luthor, the new Lex Luthor? Because still be the one people to think that. I think I know. think we mentioned this on another podcast, but I'll 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 reiterate. So Lex Luthor is from another dimension. Uh, where Superman ended up being the absolute biggest threat on his planet. Uh, and it seemed like he barely escaped with his life and able was able to get to our universe by happenstance and learned that there was a Superman here. And so he's trying to prevent the same thing that happened on his world, assuming that this Superman will grow up to be, or, or not grow up, but uh, become the Superman of his world. Um, and so... 
Right. Yes. It um, essentially come in becomes a Snodiverse yes, Superman. But, uh, Lex Luthor. Because <laughs> that costume at the end. African-American male. <laughs> um, which is a big difference. And then we also learn that Lois Lane was mm-hmm. his partner. Um, or his wife, and then his partner was General Lane, super or, or Lois Lane's um, father. And so the the big thing with him is that he has been trying right. to convince the General Lane of our universe that um, that something needs to be done about the Superman problem. And more and more, General Lane in the series seems to be kind of leaning towards that direction after he's been handed some dog tags with a code on it. I think it's like three, three, seven, five or something like that. And when you, when you turn it around or I forget what, it, I forget what the number code is. When you turn it around, we thought it said hell at first on the dog tag, but it was, it was a bunch of, uh, it was a bunch of numbers. And so he just, yeah. in the last episode started a new project through the military with that same code name. And so it seems like maybe he is wondering if Superman's, attention has been divided too far to his family matters than the rest of the world. And even gets into a bit of trouble with Lois when she finds out that General Lane told their sons to basically stay out of their dad's way and let him be a hero and stop being too much of a dad. And that did not go over so well in the Kent household and basically said that he wasn't welcomed there. So, uh, so while all that's going on, we have this like, Morgan Edge subplot with Lois Lane, where he's essentially trying to get into these mines, and over and over and over, we keep hearing about these mines and what's going on with that. And finally, at the end of episode five, we find out why he wants these mines so bad. Take a guess, Sonny. What's in the mines? Kryptonite. <laughs> kryptonite we are so curious though oh kryptonite wants the kryptonite because i have a feeling it doesn't have to do with stopping superman i have a feeling it has to do with augmenting those superhumans <laughs> but uh so now we're starting to see the Probably. world of Probably. Lois Lane and the world of superman collide even further considering now they might have a common enemy so um so that's where the show is leaving us in unless mm-hmm. i'm totally wrong and i read something different on the internet either that is the final episode for a while while supergirl plays in its absence um and then i know that it got a full series order however due to covid they i think they they ended up with um some delays so we know it's coming we know they're that they're filming now uh but in the meantime they're going to wrap up uh, Supergirl, which is kind of ironic. They're wrapping up Supergirl, right? As Superman is is starting, and um, you know, I I honestly think that this is the stronger of the two shows. Um, and uh, yeah. Oh, definitely, definitely. I I totally agree with that. Holy shit! Because Supergirl goes, it goes up and down on how it is like sometimes it'll be great then it'll be good then it'll be okay mm-hmm. then it'll be bad then it'll be great then it'll be good then it'll be bad oh, yeah. it's like and, it's so um, like they can't pick a lane and stick a, with it it's just weird a superman villain this week but i cannot remember his name for the life of me but he is essentially supposed to be the leader of intergang and he is a doctor of some sort i know it's not dr psycho and i can't remember who it is now 
No, but uh, but the guy that played man, he left. <laughs> so it probably would be Doctor Psycho. Uh, there, it was a really really cool scene where like he's sitting in the back of his okay, um, like the transport van. Um, oh, that's another thing, Sonny man. When you so the General Lane stuff has been really good. So his whole thing is he came to the Kent household to basically tell Clark that because he has left Metropolis villains are starting to notice because he's not flying around metropolis as often as he used to and so because of that the the local government has decided that that the the prison that they've been storing a lot of his villains in is no longer safe because it's not a maximum security prison they were only placed there because superman was nearby you know if anything was to happen superman would be there to stop it anyway so that's why they end up transferring out this villain and I cannot remember what his name right. is, but he's super, he's super smart, and basically he has this whole speech to the guards before like enacting his plan. It seems like he's like chewing bubble gum, and then he asks about the time, and somehow the the gum or the gum wasn't gum at all. It was like some kind of like soft polymer that can explode, and like set it to the ticking of this guy's watch, and ends up like blowing the entire van, and and intergang ends up coming in. <laughs> and like you know, getting getting the the straight jacket off of him, and he creates this like sonic gun to go against Superman. It, it's really cool. Um, yeah, when I saw the, the, yeah. a lot of the action in, in Superman Lois is like solid, like surprisingly solid for a uh, CW show. Like the one the one episode when he was yeah. fighting the guy at the hotel, I thought that was like a uh, a really good episode, like because it didn't it didn't have Superman. I mean, because like always, Superman is like a bull. He flies in, it, you know, he got a bull in the china shop. Just uses powers first before he come in to do anything. But naturally, he uses brain and thought about, okay, I can't, I can't beat this guy, uh, you know, f- uh, fist to fist. So he uses uh, his ice breath or whatever to freeze him up, and then. He whooped on him and like that, yeah. and of course the guy ran because like, oh yeah, I can't be Superman. Yeah, and, I, and I'm glad that but they don't. I like the fight. The fights in the show are really good. One, like one big spectacle. Like I feel like the the Flash, although I love the Flash, uh, has a bad habit right. of like, all right, we can't do too much until like the last twenty minutes because then that's where we got we got to go blow our budget. Um. You know, and it's almost like, you know, to the T, you know, 40 minute right. episode, 20 minutes in is when you're going to get your action for Flash. For this episode, it's kind of cool because they even started off, I think, episode four with like him trying to like stop a bridge from collapsing in China. And like, yeah, and I thought that was really cool. And then they had like, yeah, a that, small was, that was a cool episode, <laughs> um, which was kind of cool. But like, they don't blow. All you know, all their marbles in one thing, and just you know, that's it. But I really like, like the balance. I really like the family dynamic. I love that nothing is perfect. Even when things start going right with the boys, then Lois ends up having an argument with Clark because, like, now she feels like she's been like not neglected, but like you know, the romance isn't there because he's got already got all this other stuff going on between his kids having problems because they're teenagers to being Superman to the whole thing with with her dad, you know. And she's like, you know, where's where's our time? Where where can we have some romance in our in our relationship? And you know, it, what's happening? Yeah, I can hear you. Can you can you hear me? 
Um. <laughs> Good. My phone, nope, my phone jumped, and I don't know what happened. But, I don't know if I recorded and stopped or not. Yeah. But anyway, um, are you still recording on your side? Leave it there, but yeah, uh, go okay. go check out go go check out Superman and Lois if you can. Yeah, because um, I don't. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, go go to your local comic book shop, pick up some comics. Uh, my reading recommendation yes. for the week is actually something out there. It's called Once in Future. Uh, go check that out in your local comic shop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go check out. Also, check out the Alien if you like Alien, because uh, it's only in the first issue, so it's easy to jump on. Because trust me, the book is going to it's going to have a second print, so it'll be out there for you to get. Uh, check out Invincible this Friday coming up. You got three episodes on uh, Amazon Prime. Check it out. You'll love it. I recommend it so much. Um, so you can also collect see us on Instagram at Comics Collectai Three. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm and when you can give your handle for your Instagram, right? Uh, I am at Sunny Jones with an S at Commerce Collective. Bye. So we're going to be out. Have a great evening. Yeah, I don't know what happened.